Today on MTV News, Kelsey Ballerini releases a divorce album. I'm happily married and I have this on repeat. Also, Selena Gomez is finally addressing the haters who are so fixated on her body. Next, a feel-good story. A daughter takes a TikTok to help her dad's old novel become a bestseller 11 years after publication. And stay tuned, we finally have a release date for Ted Lasso Season 3. Who doesn't love a surprise album drop? We just got one from country singer Kelsey Ballerini, but it's a little unlike any other album out there that has been dropped in the past because it is a divorce record. It's called Rolling Up the Welcome Mat, and it is just the most raw and blunt and honest recount of divorce and relationships that really I've ever seen. It was brilliant because she dropped this on Valentine's Day, even more savage. And there's just a lot of pain behind this. If you don't know, Kelsey Ballerini was married to another country singer named Morgan Evans. They got married in 2017 and the wedding came to an end this past fall. I first heard about this when Morgan Evans released a song about the divorce from his perspective. And I'm going to play a little sample here, but the song is called Over For You. And if you haven't heard it, it is a great prequel to Kelsey Ballerini's album. And in it, Morgan just wants to know, when when did you have this realization that this relationship was over for you? Take a listen. Drifting alone, you don't have to stay, no. What can I say before you go? I would have searched the whole world over for you. Took a flight through the night to be that shoulder for you. Times to say you love me when it wasn't true. I'm just wondering how long has it been over for you? So, yes, Morgan Evans took to music to get his emotions out and shared a song from his perspective. And then Kelsey came back with this EP, Rolling Up the Welcome Mat. It has five songs and then a short interlude in between. And what is even more brilliant about Kelsey's songwriting, it will knock your socks off, but one thing that I noticed is that the first song off the album, it's called Mountain with a View. And in it, it's like she directly answers Morgan Evans' song, Over For You, with lyrics that pinpoint. She says, that's when... It was over for me. And if you look, there's so many different parallels in Over For You. Morgan says that he would have searched the whole world over for her, taken a flight through the night to be that shoulder for you. And in Kelsey's song, she says, you never took that flight. So the parallels and the response is just, ugh, it cuts deep. It is just, you really get a glimpse into what happened. And speaking of that, what we didn't expect is that this EP also has a visual album accompanied with it. Kelsey released a short film, which has a video for each of these different songs. So it's like watching a movie about her divorce. 
And that was the way I decided to take in this music was instead of just listening to it first, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to put this up and really get in her head and see what this was like. And maybe that's what you decide to do, or maybe you want to listen to the album first and attach your own visuals to it and then watch her short film. But it is just incredible. I have entirely new respect for her as a songwriter. I liked her before, but this writing is next level. I'm not sure if EPs can get Grammys, but I would not be surprised if she had some Grammy nominations for this work. The songs are called Mountain with a View, Just Married, Penthouse, then you have her interlude, Blindsided, and Leave Me Again. Here's a quick preview of Mountain with a View. You're across the pond at a show, I think, in Amsterdam. And the pictures look pretty, at least they do on your Instagram. We say good morning and good night. I wonder if you even know where I am. Where I am. I'm wearing the ring still, but I think I'm lying. Sometimes you forget yours, I think what I'm trying. I realize you love me much more at 23. I think that this is when it's over for me. Now, here's a quick preview of my personal favorite, Penthouse. Morgan and Kelsey lived in a penthouse in Nashville, but there weren't a lot of happy memories made there. We moved to a place with a view off of 8th Avenue after we said I do. And we watched cars of bachelorettes, 2 a.m. cigarettes, and traffic headed downtown. In the interstate was so loud There was a lot it had to drown out We played the part five nights But we were never there on the weekends, baby We got along real nice But when I left town, did you hate me? All day the curtains started coming down I changed the second we were moving out I guess wrong could look bring all of this up because again, the writing is just incredible. But Kelsey Ballerini is on fire right now. She is going to be on Saturday Night Live as the musical guest on March 4th. And speaking of Kelsey's, so is Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs, recent Super Bowl champion. He is going to be the host. So I will definitely be tuning in. I don't know if Kelsey will get to perform her full album. We did see Taylor Swift get to perform the 10-minute version of All Too Well, and they played her short film for that. I'm predicting that Kelsey will kind of do a mashup. I really hope she performs Penthouse on piano. I just can't wait to see it. But getting to the marketing takeaways of all of this news and just really thinking about it with that type of hat on... (laughs) Hosting SNL and being the musical guest on Saturday Night Live is a big deal. And it's interesting to think about because SNL is TV. It's traditional media. So I took to my Twitter chat, pop chat, to ask my audience in the age of social media, what is the value of traditional media like SNL? Is SNL still a big deal when you can 
go viral on TikTok or when you have all of these tools at your fingertips, what does traditional media represent? At its Kenyatta said, national reach. We can say whatever we want about reaching millions of people or billions of impressions, but that's globally. If you want to appeal to middle America, traditional media outlets give me an opportunity to do so. The other thing about traditional media is that it can live on social media as well. Jesse Denny says, they're well-known and they're very on social media. Those clips get shared around a lot. The audience is already big as is, but then those people share it and all of a sudden it's everywhere. Molly Callahan says, first of all, Kelsey's new EP goes off, but there's value in traditional media to reach different ages and demos than social media alone can reach. An SNL appearance is still highly coveted. Plus, those clips can go viral on other mediums. Very true. Kendra says, I think a lot of the value comes from SNL's history. It's been a show for generations, featuring some of the biggest comedians and actors at their start. Also, with everything going on, we need a reason to laugh. So it's still a huge honor to be on SNL. And again, those clips are going to circulate. They're going to live on social media forever. I can't wait to tune in and see how this all shakes out. Next, let's talk about Selena Gomez. She is just the most adorable, sweet star out there. And she has been through the ringer when it comes to online hate with people's opinions, with bullies, people commenting about her weight, people comparing her to Hailey Bieber, who is with her ex-boyfriend, Justin Bieber. They're married. She gets a lot of flack about that. She's just always having to set the record straight, and people just love to talk about her. And she even took a break from Instagram for years and is finally back. But Man, it just, people are relentless uh, to the point where Selena felt that she had to respond to her haters who kept commenting about her weight gain or, again, comparing her to Hailey Bieber and bringing up those things from the past. She's even taken pictures with Hailey Bieber to show that there is no issue here. Everything is squashed. We've moved on. But people just love to stir up drama. So Selena was compelled to address her haters and all of the attacks on her body and everyone talking about her recent weight gain. So she took to TikTok. And what was heartbreaking was that she had to explain that her lupus medication makes her gain weight. But her message was more uplifting than, than anything. She said, I just wanted to say and encourage anyone out there who feels any sort of shame for exactly what they're going through and no one knows the real story. I just want people to know that you're beautiful and you're wonderful. Yeah, we have days maybe where we feel like shit, but I would much rather be healthy and take care of myself. My medications are important and I believe that they're what helps me. So this is something that comes up a lot. Is it worth it to address your haters? Should you just ignore some of these comments? And I asked everyone on Pop Chat about this and there were some really interesting takes. Ariel Kimbarovsky says, good or bad, it depends on what the goal is. It's very hard to change a hater's opinion. So if that's your goal, it's a total waste of time. But if the goal is to share your point of view because it feels right to you or helps you heal, great. And I couldn't agree more. I think that is the healthiest approach to this. Hannah Grubo says, quite simply, 
Anyone can do this if it's for themselves and for no one else. Makes sense. It's to set the record straight. It's to make you feel better, not to give any haters validation. It's simply for you, for you to express what is true in your heart. Jai Singh says, I think making your entire platform negative or calling out people can get tiresome to be around. But yes, pick your battles and stand up for yourself. It can be empowering and help other people feel like they can do it too. Amrapali G says, she has a voice and a platform that by addressing it, she gave confidence to her fans who may be facing similar issues. At times we have to respond because our response may help someone else. That is so true. That is the other side of things that you can take that negativity and foster positivity. So shifting gears from the haters, we have an amazing story, a feel-good story of a daughter who posted a TikTok about her dad, who is an author, and he worked on his book for 14 years. He put his family first and wrote every day. And it was a long process, but he finally published his book in 2012. The book is called Stone Maidens, and she posted this video just saying how proud she is of her father, and she just hopes he can get some more sales because it's been out for 11 years. It hasn't really done that well, um, but she wanted the world to know how hard he worked on it and what a great man her father was. And the video is just adorable. She kind of does it in secrecy. She doesn't really tell her dad that she's filming this or doing this. She just is genuinely proud and wants the best for her dad. And it's just so beautiful to see. As of right now, her initial video has 47.1 million views. And the book is now number one on Amazon Books. I kid you not, it's beat out Atomic Habits, which is always up there. All the Colleen Hoover novels. Prince Harry's memoir has shifted down. And the number one book is Stone Maidens by Lloyd DeVroe Richards. It is a serial killer thriller. I highly recommend following at Stone Maidens on TikTok to see this all unfold. And it's still unfolding. I saw today that this duo, the father and daughter, are heading to New York today to do some interviews. And there's just such little precious moments that are happening. And we can thank storytelling for this and just the way that we love to see other people win and we love to reward hard work. But I asked about this also on Pop Chat to understand why this went viral. Why were we so moved and compelled by this? Why is this book number one right now? It was published 11 years ago. It was very unlikely. And now it's a bestseller. What motivated us to buy this book? Lathan Lev says, People are always trying to find the human side of the internet. So much bad stuff, it's nice to see a way we can do good. Benjamin Katz says, It might sound weird to say, but his daughter humanized his experience and connected to readers. It's storytelling, and even I'm motivated to buy it. It's the power of social media, and you love to see it. It became sort of like a bandwagon, and everyone wanted to hop on. Jordan Racine says, I absolutely adore this. When humans get together to just be human, it's so lovely. People saw how much pride his daughter had for him and wanted to support. I've heard so many positive reviews of the book as well. So that's great to hear. 
Autumn Driscoll says, many things, the personal reference, the book talk community, the underdog vibe, I definitely want to read it. Yeah, that's so true. It just hit every mark here. It was a feel-good story. I think that's exactly right. It had a combination of all of these things, and I'm just excited to see him ride the wave. I heard that he's working on a sequel to his book, so I will be tuning into this story and watching it continue to progress. But Autumn brings up a good point. I want to talk about book talk for a moment because I read an article this morning about the power of book talk. If, if you're not familiar with book talk, it is a corner of TikTok that is for book lovers. And people go down these rabbit holes finding book recommendations. And we are seeing a resurgence of paperback and hardcover books being sold. In fact, I read earlier this year that Barnes and Noble is opening new locations. Can you imagine? I thought everything was shifting to ebooks and audiobooks, and there was this huge threat to the book industry. But Book Talk, if you ask me, is really saving it. And an article on the Today Show's website by Anahe Diaz talks about how Book Talk can help you form relationships and find friends through social media. She says, part of what makes Book Talk special is that readers' taste and enthusiasm determines what goes viral on the algorithm, not necessarily marketing money from publishers or authors. This can create a kind of intimacy among users, like they're getting recommendations from friends. This is really smart because this is all about trust. It's not just the publishers throwing money and saying, you should read this. You're getting genuine, sincere recommendations from other readers. In fact, uh, a book talker in Germany, Annika Norton, says that book talk has filled a gap in her social circle. She says, I just never had close friends who read the same kinds of books as me. And I think that book talk brings books that I probably wouldn't have read to my attention, and then I read and love them. So if you ever need a book recommendation, head to Book Talk, find the genres you love, or just get pointed in a different direction based on the hype and what everyone is saying. Or you also could check out Stone Maidens and keep it at number one. Let's shift gears again to what we've all been waiting for. When is the new season of Ted Lasso coming out? Good news, we have a date. It is premiering on March 15th on Apple TV. There's been a lot of chatter about season three of Ted Lasso because it supposedly is going to be the last season. We've heard this. It hasn't really been confirmed. People are wondering if maybe they'll release another one because Ted Lasso is just one of the most loved shows on TV right now. So why not continue it while they have this steam? But at one point, Jason Sudeikis and the writers said it was always written as a three-season series. But they also probably couldn't have predicted that it would do as well as it did. So I asked, should the creators of Ted Lasso announce if it's the last season? Or does it make more sense to leave us wondering what is best from a marketing standpoint? And there were some really interesting opinions on this. Vinny says, for marketing purposes, open-ended is the best long-term strategy. 
it will create so much buzz around the finale and how they choose to end it. It'll be interesting to see how they do the finale. Dakota Snow says, when you know it's the last time as an audience, you're able to have a collective moment with other fans and the show itself. You feel more connected and appreciative of the time you're getting to spend with those characters. It's far kinder than ending without renewing. That's a really interesting take. I could see that. Danny Quinn says, I'm split because I'm personally rarely a fan of the farewell tour. That said, it would be a huge pull for them because fans would want to hold on. Not to mention, people who may not have been watching would be binge-watching to catch up. Gabe Hagstrom says they should definitely announce it's the final season. It creates more chatter and speculation about the finale, so people want to catch up and watch it in near real time so they don't miss out on a pop culture touchstone. That is true. We like to watch things in real time and to be part of the moment together. But Kendra Cornell says, personally, I would rather not know, but it can bring in a lot more viewership if people think this is the last time they could watch a season right as it's released. I'm torn on this. For me, I think I'm with Kendra. I would rather not know because I'm going to watch it anyway. And I think if it's all wrapped up in this kind of sadness that it's the final season, I think it taints it a little bit. And I want to enjoy it for what it is and not wondering if it's the end. But I don't know. A lot of people here may be right from a marketing standpoint to really push that message. It could have some some legs when it comes to selling merch or increasing viewership. But I also think it kind of casts this dark cloud over the season because I don't want it to end. So Either way, I know it's going to be really special. We have a lot to look forward to with this. Ted Lasso is just such a beloved series. That's it for today on MTV News. But speaking of things to look forward to, this Wednesday, I have a new episode of Making the Brand interviewing Ghazi Musa, who is an expert on influencer marketing. She is the influencer marketing manager at Athletic Greens, and we had the most fascinating conversation about the state of influencers, the creator economy, all of it. So tune in. I'll see you Wednesday. Thanks for listening. 